Welcome, welcome to 561 Music. My name's Ben, and uh, Hector can't be here today. He's got some personal stuff he's got to take care of. Um, so I'm just thinking of you, Hector. I hope it's all going okay, buddy. And if you're out there and uh, you want to send some goodwill Hector's way, he would surely appreciate it. Uh, um, yeah, we've got uh, Christina and Tori from Driving on Suspended here today. How's it going, guys? Oh, it's going well. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. <laughs> Thanks for coming. I just got done burping a lot, so yeah. I feel like I'm going to throw up. <laughs> yeah, it was really so cool. we were doing this, we were doing this thing earlier where we were um, like everyone we were trying to do our little special tricks. I I said the entire periodic table of elements in one word, and then Tori uh, uh, said every single state in a song, and yep. then uh, Christina burped the alphabet. Maybe we'll treat you guys. To, <laughs> maybe we'll treat you guys to that a little later on. I'm not sure. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> anyway, um, why don't we uh, start off with the elephant in the room? How come the band is called Driving on Suspended? Uh, <laughs> relatable content for a lot of people. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, when we first got the band started, we were both uh, driving on suspended licenses. Okay. And I didn't have car insurance for a act, year. It, it's, yeah. it's factual, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Just right. like being scumbags. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. And yeah. since that, we, when did we start? 2018? 19 19 20 18 something yeah something or it's other. been a while and it's confusing because of the weird couple of years we just had yeah. yeah i think it was 2019 yeah i was in a blackout for a while so yeah it was probably <laughs> it was 2019 it was at like may yes okay may of 2019 i swiped right on tinder and tori came over yep just awesome. kidding that's literally not what happened but um <laughs> Yeah, no, I my license has been suspended like several times since then. Okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah. it's good now though. I'm I'm in the clear now. But well, I got a parking ticket. I got to pay, and if I don't, and that might happen to me. So you know, I got to be. I also have an unpaid parking ticket. Oh really? Yeah. All right. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, when you guys were kids, uh, how did you sort of what? How did you get into playing music? Like, um, you're both. Um, super musical. I've been listening to your music online, and and you know, I follow you guys on social media, and time and then goes up, and um, and I really like the music, and you're really good musicians and uh, and good singers. So it must have come from somewhere. And I'm just uh, curious. Why don't I start with you, Tori? Um, how what was your sort of path into playing music? Um, I don't know. Uh, I started playing guitar when I was probably like ten. Um, was that like a uh, like lessons and stuff like that. Yes, yes. My parents got me a hot pink electric guitar because my dad had a Ozzy Osbourne CD and I really liked the song Mr. Crowley because there's like a guitar solo in it that I really liked. Um, so then for Christmas, they bought me a guitar and then they signed me up for guitar lessons. So I started doing that. Oh, cool. Okay. And how, how did the banjo show up? Uh, I got the banjo probably, like, three years ago. I've always listened to a lot of, like, bluegrass and old country, probably, like, because of my grandparents. They kind of got me into that when I was a kid. Um, yeah. So, sort of to pay homage to them. All right. Yeah. Where are they? Um, where are you from, originally? I'm from Maryland. Okay. Hence the Maryland part. Yeah. Stick. Okay, got it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have a warrant. Full circle. <laughs> <laughs> so, your grandparents were big uh, country and bluegrass fans? Yes, yes, What about they your were. parents? Um, my dad was really into, I don't know why I said was, he's totally still alive. Um, yeah. His tastes may have changed. Yeah, they're into that. (laughs) They're into, my dad was really into DMX. I vividly remember that as a kid. Um, yeah, no, they, my parents listened to really good music and I think that that's probably what, uh, led me to be really into music myself. Did you do it at school? 
Did you like? Were you involved in like sort of groups of? You know what? Not at school? all. I right. played <laughs> snare drum in elementary school, and then I secretly played guitar all the time, like right. in middle and high school. But I never did it like recreationally with other healthy teenagers. <laughs> gotcha. Okay. Um. Yeah. And what about you, Christina? How did it all uh, oh, start for you? Would you say my music journey is interesting and not? Um, I didn't. I didn't get the blessing of like lessons ever like everything I know I know because like I just kind of figured it out and also had other people be like hey you should like literally a couple hours ago when I was trying to play something she's like not do the hammer on thing instead and I'm like oh word okay okay because like so my dad is a musician like he's always been a musician um he plays bass and he sings yeah I don't know if you know the band living color yeah they play that song cult of personality yeah my father sounds exactly like that person. Oh, wow. Am I wrong? No, you're right. That's okay. so cool. So he, I'm like, I, I love my dad. He's uh, he's definitely a big inspiration musically. And like my mom, for, she thinks she has a bad voice, but I think she sounds lovely. Okay. Yeah. A lot of people think that. I'm a music teacher by day, and um, you'd be amazed at how many people think they can't sing. You know, and they, yeah. they just go, they sing something to you, sounds lovely, and they go, oh, God, it was awful. Was it? No. Yeah. I think it's just such a personal thing. You know, mm-hmm. the voice it comes literally comes from inside you. And, you know, it's, I saw this thing that said, like, artists and musicians, like, always, or not always, but, like, don't like what they create because they want it, like, they expect it to sound or look like what someone else has done. Yeah. Um, and that's why that's, like, the within thing that's coming mm-hmm. out. Like, I do, like, visual art and stuff, too, so I'll, like, paint something, and I'm like man, this doesn't look good. And I'm like, you're saying that because it doesn't look like what other people do because it came from you, idiot. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I know exactly what you mean. And it's a really good point. I think with the music that I write these days, I've I've started to see the things in it that are uniquely me and kind of lean into them rather than run away from them. But exactly. that's only, only in, you know, relatively new kind of installment in my creative journey, I guess. Well, I mean, when you find your own formula, just like... It's your formula. Yeah. Do it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, did you have any early musical influences in terms of like uh, sort of bands and things? Like what were you listening to when you were a kid? When I was a kid, I mean, I was listening to what my parents were listening to. I mean, of course, I was like, I like had NSYNC like in my <laughs> Walkman. I'm not going to front like I didn't. But <laughs> like uh, my dad's like a big like, I mean, hardcore classic rock guy really big blues guy blues and funk that's like his jam um my mom was more like grunge and like psychedelic rock like she loved the doors grateful dead all that kind of stuff um she's like obsessed with pearl jam and uh i don't know like they my first concert was the band little feet when i was like five like i've always been like around like live music and stuff just because that was like the vibe of my parents well i think that's you know a big part of why a lot of people go into music. Me too. My, you know, when I was growing up, I was, I was, you know, I played music from a young age. My parents kind of, you know, encouraged it very much so. And when I started taking an aptitude for it, you know, I was definitely encouraged in that direction. And my uncle was always playing gigs. We used to go watch him play and stuff. Yeah. yeah and it just kind of normalizes it for you. It makes it seem like something you can do, you know. Exactly. Yeah. Interesting. Um. So, uh, what in terms of like, your band when you can't sit down and you decide you're going to write a song how how do you guys do it separately really yeah we're not very good at collaborating like creatively it's honestly so bad when we try so like so my um my songwriting strategy is to drive around in my car i'll be like going to target or something 
dumb shit. And I'll just, like, start thinking about a topic. And then I'll write the song out loud by myself in my car. And then I'll come home. And then I'll just put chords to it. And then I'll say, hey, Tori, I'm coming over. And then she'll be like, cool, I'll write the band. We call it the banjo wiggle. But it's the the solo. Yeah. Um, And then that's how we write a song that I've written. Okay. And then... With her, you do your instrumentals first. Yeah, I, like, have to sit down alone to come up with, like, banjo riffs that I like. Like, I get, like, all, like, muddied up when there's, like, other people listening. Because, like, I, like, I think I get, like, too self-conscious and I'm trying too hard to, like, impress other people. Sure. So, like, I like to just, like, sit alone and then I do, like, the music part first. And then I kind of come up with, like, little, like, buzzword lyrics that, like are okay and at least like not embarrassing and then i like work the song around that and then we come together and then like figure out like the harmonies and the other stuff but yeah most of the writing is like pretty separate i think i just had an epiphany what's your about why that is different for us why because and i could be wrong i could be just reaching and pretending i'm an intellectual (laughs) but i think that since your like your childhood like musical journey was like more um instrument centered as to mm-hmm. where mine was more vocal training centered except for the part where you did opera training but we won't get into that <laughs> you did opera training i really? did i did yes oh my god tell us about that <laughs> that's cool i just did opera training <laughs> for how long did you do it and what Not kind of stuff long. were you singing uh phantom of the opera my uh my big hit was think of me right the phantom of the opera song yeah. um and also Ave Maria. Oh, are, that's amazing. So you've done like quite some quite intense, uh, intensive like uh, vocal training. Oh, then. hardly. I mean, it was probably like a couple months and okay. I wasn't like very serious about it. And no. I didn't want it to be opera. Right. Like my parents were like, oh, you like to sing. Let's like get you into that. And then I think they accidentally like hooked me up with like a music teacher that like specifically did opera okay. it was supposed to be just normal vocal training yeah <laughs> like i remember like she kept having me like sing falsetto and like higher and higher and i was like this isn't what i want to be doing like, <laughs> with my voice yeah oh buddy uh, developing like a real hardcore vibrato and stuff yeah yeah i wanted to be able to do other things but now you know it's nice to know that when I was a kid, I could do that. Yeah, I, like, tried recently in my car to, like, sing opera again, but it's the smoking, and if you don't use it, you mm. lose it. Yeah. You know? Yeah, smoking doesn't help. I, I smoked until about five years ago. I mm. eventually managed to give up. Congratulations. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I've I've smoked, like, a pack and change a day since, like, 14, like a little right. shithead. But um, I randomly woke up recently. It was It's been... Almost, like, a year since I started, like, vaping, and I would still buy, like, packs, but then I randomly woke up one day and, like, legitimately didn't feel like going to the gas station for a pack of cigarettes, and that's how I have not bought cigarettes. There you go. I'm still vaping, but... Yeah, sometimes I feel like it's it's when it's your time, it's your time. Yeah. It's when, you know, it's when the the downsides kind of outweigh the good sides, you know, you just stop doing it. No, I agree. My lungs, like, hurt now, and I've been wearing a patch every day, but then I still, like, bother her so I can hit her vape, so it's kind of like... Yeah. I'm getting, like, more nicotine than ever. Right. So, we'll see. Walks into my office every 20 minutes. Says, hey, man, can I hit your vape? So, do you guys work at the same place? Mm-hmm. Yes. Where's Our that? lives are very intertwined. <laughs> yes. That's awesome. Yeah, it's a uh, it's a harm reduction nonprofit called Rebel Recovery. Uh, so, we work with, like, substance use uh, disorder having people. And I work with, like, the housing piece of, like, a specific program for people that uh, are getting out of jail with, like, housing instability. 
She's a supervisor. I am the peer support supervisor, though, yeah. Right. Well, I'm one of them. We have a supervisor, a case manager, and a lot of vaping. Mm-hmm. It's sick. That's really cool. A lot I've, of vape smoke. I've done a little bit of work in um, recovery places. Like, I've done, uh, like, music stuff with Carl. Nice. Oh, cool, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, Carl's had me come and do it, like, uh, you know, a few times. It's Is good, it that good. place down uh, That place down south? Yeah. Yeah, I played. Uh, that's when you couldn't do it that oh, day. Oh, recovery on yeah. Um, no, 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 I, no, no. Well, I've done, I've done one of those, but word, this, so. this thing was just me and him, uh, and um, with, with a couple of times and just like a group of people, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. And I just told my story and played. Yeah, songs. yeah it was that's cool. cool. Carl's great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. We did that for Surge too when he was at uh, Transformations, and what was the other one? Recovery Unplugged, right? It wasn't. Recovery oh, Unplugged. the one that was in Lake Worth. I don't remember. We the did name Recovery of that. Unplugged for Marissa, but then we did. The other one where we recorded. I know I can't remember. I don't remember. It was a place. place. Right. <laughs> yeah, one of those one of those rehabs. <laughs> so are you, um, like, have you been on the other end of all that? You, like, I know I. Oh yeah, big guess. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I figured, like, you know, if you work in it, you probably have. Yeah. 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 If you have uh, a lot of suspended licenses mm-hmm. and you work in like a treatment, and also be twenty six and like decade long smokers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you probably dabbled in. Well, you know, I want to assume. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, no, we uh, did the whole deal. So that's yeah. actually kind of, not really how our band got started, but that's like sort of how we met. Because when I like first was like getting sober, I moved down here and I didn't know anyone. Yeah. And then uh, Christina was super outgoing and we had like a mutual friend. And so she like DM'd me on Instagram and was like, oh, come to my house. And uh, she just showed up at my yeah, house. Yeah, and like I didn't know anyone. So I was like, yeah, she's like sober and seems like she'll be willing to spend time with me. Right. So then. And then she started playing Outcast on guitar. Yeah. And I was like, cool. Because we'd use that thing of like, because at this point, like I wasn't even playing guitar at this point. Like I had only like started playing ukulele because I was like, like, it's an instrument and it's fine. So I started playing ukulele and then like. We use the whole, like, we like the same music. Do you want to maybe jam? Right, yeah. To, like, be the buffer of, like, hanging out. Yeah, the like, And there's, like, a weird thing about, like, being an adult and being women and then just being, like, let's be friends. You're like, right, hey, I yeah. don't know you. Do you want to form a friendship? Let's build together. Would you like to form an alliance <laughs> with me? Really weird. I was kind of driving up there, and I was like, I hope she doesn't try to, like, have sex with me or something. But now, here's the thing. Now she gets mad that I never did try. Yeah. She's offended. Yeah. Like, I'm super straight, but, like, it sort of hurts my feelings a little bit. I, I, I get it. I'm sorry, buddy. It's okay. You mean more to me than just that, Thank okay? you. Thank you. But, yeah, no, that's that's basically how the band started was uh, we're both sober and don't know or like that many people. You want to play music? Yeah. Um, And then... Mm. So we like to, like, not like to, but we jokingly say, oh, the band started by accident. Because then, like, months went by and we were actually doing things Mm -hmm. and also enjoyed hanging out. And we realized, wait, this could, like, be a thing. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, so. No, that's that's great. You know, I I know that my playing and um, my general approach to music is very different since since I got so I actually practice now, you know, like, which I didn't. I mean, when I was a kid, I did, and when I was a teenager, I did. But you know, in my twenties and thirties, I just kind of showed up to the gigs yeah. and, and practices. But um, yeah, I'm definitely doing way more with it now. You know, it was something that I kind of promised myself I'd do. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, yeah. And uh, it's been great. I've been super productive. I've been sober a couple of years. Nice. Yeah. Oh, look at us, guys. I know. <laughs> <laughs> it's like yeah, teetering. Yeah. Like, let's. We're kind of talking about drugs. Okay, wait. We're also <laughs> <Cool. Yeah, yeah. laughs> awesome. Yeah. Oh, that's so, great. Yeah, and you know. Um, uh, what was I going to say about that? I can't remember. But um, 
the question that, ca- that comes up from that is, uh, do you guys also practice when you're like, um, you, you must do because you're real good at your instruments. Oh, thank you. Thanks. That like, I mean, for me, like I, Tori will tell you, I'm always like downing myself because like, right. I like feel like I'm, I have, like, a low self-esteem when it comes to the music stuff, specifically the instrument piece. Like, I don't really have an issue with the vocals. Like, I feel like that's my bread and butter as just, like, a musician in general. But, like, like, the first time I played guitar, like, we were recording at this dude's house, and it was, like, it was a whole thing. But then he was, like, (laughs) he was, like, and I was only playing ukulele. We only had guitar ukulele songs. She was playing guitar. I was playing ukulele. And um, he was, like, I have this old guitar, like, here. And I was, like, sick. And, like, Pickguard was on top because I'm left-handed. So right, it was, yeah. like, I just, like, restrung it. And then I realized it was, like, a lot easier because I had been making shapes on the ukulele. So I was, like, oh, I'm kind of used to doing stuff with my hands now. Yeah. Um, so I basically just, like, taught myself how to play. But then cool. I'll get around other people and I'm, like, well, not that good. Right. <laughs> and then Tori's, like, hey, how about you shut up? Because <laughs> I'm not going to be in a band with somebody that literally isn't good. Right. <laughs> I'm like, all right, fine. Yeah. That's cool. How, how did it go with the banjo? I've only been playing it a few years. You must have done quite a lot of practice in those three years. Yeah, you know what's funny? I, like, love playing instruments for fun. Um, so, like, practicing isn't, like, boring for me. Like, sure. I actually enjoy doing it. It's, like, my downtime. Um, but I think that I did a majority of my practicing, which, like, took me, like, to... I don't want to, like, sound cocky and say, like, the next level, because I'm not, like, you know... Level up! But, like, yeah, something that really got me into it was the pandemic. Yeah. I, like, didn't have a job, and I was just locked in my house, so I just, like, spent, like, hours a day playing banjo and, like, really taught myself well, It's a real delicate year. thing, like, claw hammer banjo, just getting it, you know getting it right is the the motion in itself is is not like that sort of difficult to kind of Mm-mm. do but to make it sound good and to hit exactly the notes you want to do and to pick out the melodies and stuff is hard you know yeah. what i mean to do it really properly and honestly you picked up claw hammer like really fast because i remember because it's it's funny because it was literally the pandemic yeah. i had nothing to do but i remember <laughs> like i started playing guitar and you started playing banjo relatively around the same mm-hmm. time and we're like let's learn new instruments and be in a band yeah so we like totally switched instruments <laughs> yeah, yeah we completely flipped the direction we were going in mm-hmm. have you um, played many shows since you guys died um kind of yeah, yeah actually it's even like i mean we weren't playing really during the pandemic like obviously based off like personally not wanting to be like bad <laughs> and then right. like you know, just not many places booking. Yeah, places. it was an awkward time. All yeah, mm-hmm. and it's yeah. funny that we like found our our like groove right when everything started. So it's like shit. We like have this product we want to put out there and play for people, but like everything's yeah. closed. Yeah, that's a shame. For me, it was in a weird way a blessing because it was right around the time that I was sort of you know getting sober and that. So it, it, it was it was a good time for me to happen. And then the way that the uh, the there was some changes happening in my band different members and stuff like that and so we had a, an opportunity to take a breath because we play all the time like you know four or five times a week and and uh and there was just never any time to make any changes and that you know the, the atmosphere of the you know largely down to the fact that i was drinking too much and other reasons too the whole atmosphere it was pretty bad yeah mm-hmm. um and and so uh you know the pandemic it was almost like a clean slate it's like we got um Hector, who does the podcast with me usually, who at some point I'm sure you will meet. Awesome. Um, he uh, he joined on bass, 
Nice. And we had just all this time to practice, you know. We, and, and I got to teach them all the songs, which is really weird. When your band's been together for 10 years and then you're, like, teaching everyone the songs you've been playing for 10 yeah. years, it's a very strange <laughs> thing to do. But, but uh, yeah, we did that. And, and then we kind of got back out there as if, and kind of almost like, you know, didn't miss a beat, you know. Came back out when everyone else came back out as if nothing had happened, except we were, like, tighter and better. It was cool. That's awesome. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we basically wrote our last EP, like, during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Like... What songs are on there? Yeah. Yeah, everything they were all, on it. Yeah. It's all, like, new stuff, yeah. Just because we were sitting around doing nothing, mm-hmm. and we would just, like, social distance, but together. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And just play music together. Have you uh, guys been on tour? We did. Kind of. Yeah, yeah, yeah we were on one tour. It was, like, a week long around Florida. It was super fun. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, we actually... Uh, we're on tour when we first heard about the pandemic, and right. then like oh, all wow. of the toilet paper was running out. Like while we were in like oh, we were man. in like Clearwater, and everything yeah. got really weird. Yeah, <laughs> and we wow. were like, um, and we still had to like play like two more shows. We had to go all the way to Gainesville, and like then we were in Gainesville for the weekend, and then when we came back, like everything my, just shut down. Everything was closed, yeah. and my roommate was like, "We need cleaning supplies," and I was like, <laughs> "What is going on, dude?" Yeah, it was gnarly. When you guys got here, you were you were saying that there's not like a, a a lot of people who are playing this kind of music around here these days. Um, who who do you look to in terms of um, people that you think are kind of like your band and like the what would you what kind of bands do you, do you, do you look towards to uh, you know stylistically? Nick Shoulders, literally yeah. anybody that's on like Gems VHS mm-hmm. for the most part, right. um, and then like for me, like I like. I get, like, shit for this, but I don't care. So, like, obviously you have Jerry Garcia from The Grateful Dead, right? But yeah. before all that psychedelic rock, he was really a banjo player, and he was right. playing in a band called Olden and the Way. Oh, yeah, I've played and with, I always thought that that was after. No, that was way before with David Grisman, and they did the pizza tapes, David Grisman on the mandolin. Oh, right. Like, yeah, he yeah. was, like, a bluegrass guy way before yeah. all that. So, like, I like listening to that kind of stuff. Um, there's this band, Railroad Earth, I really, really like. Um, yeah, we do the version of... Um, Wild horses that they do. Oh, nice. Sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Yeah, that's sweet, that version. What, sorry, what were you saying? I don't remember. Something about Railroad. Railroad Earth. It's a okay. good band. I really like oh, them. Yeah. But yeah, no, basi- like, we like we love Lost Dog Street Band, like all mm-hmm. those kinds of guys. Yeah, cool. Like when I say basically anyone off Gems on VHS, that's pretty much it. Yeah. <laughs> those are like the newer bands. Like obviously, like I have a soft spot for like all of like the old country and mm-hmm. like old folk and bluegrass guys. But like of the new people, there's a guy, Nick Shoulders, that we just recently saw um, at Respectable Street. Amazing. He's sick. He like yodels and plays banjo and oh, guitar and sick. does all sorts of stuff. That's cool. When I first moved down here, it was like the own. It seemed like the only kind of music that was going on was sort of folk punk, kind of swamp yeah. punk type stuff. And and I didn't. I wasn't mad at it. I did. I liked it. Um, you know, because and I was, I I was I had just left a ska punk band, moved mm-hmm. to the states, and everything was super americana Like everyone was in these kind of americana bands, and uh, I I just couldn't believe it. I was you know captivated by it all. And um, and then I started playing music with this guy Micah Scott, who was the one of the first guys it was me and him started at Killbillies and um and we were playing with you know with all bands like um Everyman Loxahatchee Sinners Union and, yeah. and and all those kind of bands um and then they, the pack just started to thin out and thin out and thin out you know and, it, and we, we sort of turned into a little bit more of a make money band and mm. um you know play, play in bars three hours type band yeah mm-hmm. and um and you know, every man probably the 
you know one of the last ones to keep it keep it up, and then they they broke up and they about three or four years ago. Um, yeah, it was that long ago. That's crazy. Yeah, it has been yeah. Yeah. yeah, we've been down here for a while. I've been down here since 2014. Where Where are you from? I'm from Connecticut. Okay. Boo. <laughs> Worst place ever. I wouldn't know. I think I've been there once. I've, no, I've been there a couple of times. There was um, there's this ska punk label from in Connecticut called Asbestos Records that my hmm. band used to be on. Do you know what city that's out of? No, I can't remember. It's probably New Haven. So um, it's like the only cool place, honestly. Right, find out. <laughs> Let me find out. Oh, quick Google break. Yeah, yeah. Asbestos. Anytime I hear someone talk about Connecticut, I got to know what city they're talking about. I get it. It's like a weird thing. It's um, it's run by this guy called Matt Flood, and he's he's amazing. They are based out of Stratford. Stratford. You know what that is? They're all like Eng- place, English place names. It's the weirdest thing. So this is really embarrassing. Do you want to know something about how dumb I can be? Sure. Okay. So. <laughs> all the time. I'm from Connecticut. Yeah. Also referred to as a part of New England. Yeah. Literally, maybe four or five years ago, I literally realized they called it New England because people from England <laughs> came over ah. and made a new one. That's why there's... York, yes. and then so there's New English York. <laughs> in Connecticut, there's New London. Yeah, yeah, and this stuff just didn't dawn on you until recently. I didn't. <laughs> I, this happens to me a lot. This is like a weird thing that happens for me. Like the other day, I realized that when you say that you're fessing up to something, yeah. you're confessing. Yeah. Like I don't. Okay, put I'm gonna stuff like cut you together. some slack on that because I didn't think about that until right now. I got to get one of those. Yeah, I, I don't know. I've, my a friend of mine, um, Layla, who was the singer in my old band, she uh, until she was really old, thought that orange juice. Genuinely, she thought orange juice was called orange juice. Orange juice. O r a n juice. Orange juice. What's an orange? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> she just never like. She'd never questioned it. That's a she rare just fruit. It, she did, she'd never put together the fact that oranges were a thing, and if you juiced them, you got orange juice. She just thought it was a thing it called orange, orange juice. juice. Well, that's kind of like when people <laughs> say like the when you're like a kid or whatever with the open sesame. People think you're saying open sesame like yeah. the seed, but it's open sesame. Sesame. Okay, you know am I extremely I mean? uh, right, dumb yeah. or is all of this? Because I also no, assumed I did, that it no, was I didn't open sesame. I suddenly just realized that. Yeah. Wait, so what you're telling me is that I'm like the smartest woman ever? Yeah, yeah. you're the oh smartest God, thank person you. ever. <laughs> thank you so see, much. You have your moments. This is one of them. <laughs> thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> what was it? Wasn't there something kind of recently that I was... Kind of, I that I thought I can't think of it. Well, so um, you re- have done a bunch of recording with... Um, Serge from Everman, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, that's cool. Um, what, what did you re- did you record the last thing you did? He's recorded almost everything that we've done. Yeah, yeah he's oh, recorded awesome. literally every everything. single thing, yeah. except for like the but baby, we- I got your money. Oh yeah, that's, that's the, the only, only thing, thing we released from that wasn't Serge related. Okay, he but, recorded yeah. that. Uh, this guy Eddie, right? Yeah, he's in the band Blacklist. Okay. Yeah, it's like a they're kind of punk, I think. Yeah, I don't know if that's what he's leaning towards. Right. I don't put genres punk on people accent. unless they're like. <laughs> I don't, unless they like have one, they've said themselves. Sure. I don't like to like say what people are. No, I get it. People can be funny about that. We call ourselves half-assed bluegrass. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, I, with the, the the lyrical content and stuff, I think it does kind of lead. It is sort of folk punk, isn't it? Basically, a bit. I don't think we like is, sing is it, too. Does m- that irritate you? Being no, 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 it doesn't. We're kind of, sort of trying to like edge out of that genre yeah. to an extent. Okay. Because we'd kind of like we're sort of trying to like transition more into like alternative country. I get that, and that's anything. that's honestly kind of where 
what happened with me too is I got in I mean I don't know this, this is exactly what happened with you guys but this is what happened with me which is uh, um, I got into the, all of this kind of thing sort of from be, be, like punk being yeah, around these punk yes. bands and stuff and then starting to listen to you know Against Me and Frank Turner and stuff mm-hmm. and then um, all of a sudden I just found myself listening to all this bluegrass and an old country and then and then that you know then I started chasing that instead it's yeah. the punk to country pipeline everybody yeah. goes through yeah. it literally <laughs> everybody goes common. through it mm-hmm. exactly yeah. so yeah okay. but with like the lyrical content of like folk punk like I still listen to some folk punk and like I used to like really be into it but I personally don't like like, I'm someone that was, like, an IV drug user, like, mm-hmm. experienced homelessness, like, a bunch of bad stuff. I personally don't like to overtly sing about it like that. Okay. Like, yep. when I write a song, if I write a song about that experience, it's tucked into so many metaphors yeah. that it's not so on the nose. Yeah. Not to say that there's anything wrong with that. That's just, like, not my style. Oh, and, like, I'm sure you feel the same. We've had the same conversation. It's just glorification so. in a way. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing that I've kind of been trying to avoid, and I feel like... I kind of want to watch what I say because <coughs> I do like folk punk. Yeah. You know. Yeah, it's it's just, it's not the style that, like, I'll listen to it, but it's not the style of music I want to play and it's not the kind of songs and lyrical, like, like, I've always, I don't know, like, as I get a kid, not wanting to glorify it. Yeah, and, mm-hmm. like, as a kid and just growing up, like, I used to do, like, this sounds so cringe, but I used to, like, do poetry slams. Like, I'm very, like, oh, wow, cool. interested in, like, how I actually put words together, um... So I could literally be talking about, like, banging dope, but, like, you won't know because it's just shrouded in so many, like, so much symbolism. Yeah. Um, and I feel like it's just more, like, palatable to people yeah. that we're trying to reach, if that makes sense. No, definitely. I, I've got a bunch of songs like that. That's yeah. pretty much the only way I write songs. Yeah, yeah most of my songs are about about all that stuff, but you'd never know it. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. There's this one song that uh, she wrote that, like, we love except for this one line that says the devil's in my veins and we are trying to figure out what to to replace that because not only is the devil in my veins like it makes me cringe it's so corny but it's also like so overtly about heroin and it ruins the entire song and we've been like we've been trying to come up with like shit that rhymes with it so now it's just like a song that's locked in a vault okay and we'll come up with something one day i'm gonna wake up out of a dead sleep and I'm going to call you You're at 3 a.m. Yeah. Sorry, I've got the it. The devil's on cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> no, God damn it. Right, the devil's know. in the rain. <laughs> <laughs> My car is in flames. What is it about, like, this kind of music and just using the devil in lyrics? It's just, I can't help it. I must have written, like, five songs with the, with yeah. the, the yep. word devil is very important. Because we love the devil. We talked about this earlier. You guys said I would make a good manager of hell. Oh, that's true. I just yeah. can't stop talking, thinking, and singing about the devil. <laughs> and I'd have to reel it in sometimes. So we'll replace it one day, buddy. The yeah. first song that I ever wrote for Kilbillies was called Get the Devil Off My Back. And that is a very obvious metaphor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but the yeah. thing also is I also don't want to like... Uh, talk poorly about writing songs that are on the nose about drug use because I would say like a good 35% of my songs are like very on the nose about (laughs) drug use and like the whole point for me of writing songs is that it's like cathartic and especially like when I first got sober like they were super about drug use very on the nose they were like so honest that like it made me like uncomfortable with how vulnerable I was being what was your band name your one man band name (laughs) My one-man band was called Sticky Palms. You can find me on YouTube. (laughs) 
Sitting in the halfway house. Sitting in a halfway house, and I recorded them. But then I think that I had the initial thought of like, oh, this is corny, and it's like too on the nose that I'm singing about heroin. And I think that that thought actually almost hurts my songwriting process now, because now I like am like almost too hypercritical of it. When in reality, like if I'm thinking about heroin, I'll fucking sing about heroin, like that. Because chances are, other people are thinking about it too. Yeah. So like at the same time, I want to like watch and be like. And I guess I don't want to like say too much about. Well, the thing is, when it's at, when it's actually writing. when it's actually been a thing in your life, you're not trying to glorify it, you know. Yeah, you're definitely you're trying to work through it, but you're not trying to glorify it. And there's like no, there, at the end of the day, there's absolutely nothing wrong with a song that's full blown talking about just shooting up. Being mm-hmm. homeless and drinking beer. You yeah. know what I mean? I listen to music like that. Pour one out for sticky palms. Pour one out for <laughs> sticky palms. But I just like, just personally, as like a, I sound like such a cringy person right now, like referring to myself as someone that's like a writer. But like, that's just always been my thing. Like, there's just. I don't know. If you've I, written something down, you're a writer, in my opinion. I know. I just like, I'm very, I'm into that, like, kind of like use of the English language. Yeah. You know, so it's not like a thing of like, oh, I want to cover up what I'm trying to say with all these fun metaphors and, like, alliteration because I think I'm, like, the best songwriter in the world. I'm just like, I just think it's kind of fun to find stuff that sounds like other stuff that isn't that stuff, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So it's not, like, from, like, a ego standpoint. It's just, like, a fun little puzzle for me. I think when when I'm talking about that kind of stuff in songs, it's, it's like you said, Tori, it's definitely a cathartic thing for me and just a way of thinking about it. And, and getting it out in the open. And then it, the other thing about it is, um, in terms of why half the time you wouldn't necessarily be able to tell, it's because I'm not trying to tell people what happened. It's more like I want to express the feeling of Yeah, the what feelings happened. behind it. Yeah, we, and to do that, you don't necessarily always have to say what happened. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And that's what they, like, say in all types of, like, recovery settings. It's like it doesn't matter, like, what... What, the what happened, are, yeah. what the specific situation was. Like, we all pretty much felt the same. It doesn't matter what caused us to feel that way. You sure. relate you know on the I mean? feelings. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Principles before personality. Yeah. It's beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's really interesting. And, um, you know, it's good to meet you guys and know that there's more of this kind of thing down here and we were almost going to play a gig together weren't we and I, I just know. found out when you came in today and we're not doing it what's a shame why aren't we playing <laughs> because I'm a student at FAU and I have an exam that night so I had to cancel and uh, I'm very sorry to the both of you <laughs> <laughs> the other time we would have met I had COVID so mm. yeah I didn't talk to her for a whole 20 minutes in the office when she told me that she couldn't play the show. Uh, I just our offices are right across from each other it's a nightmare <laughs> they should not let us work together but I'll like I looked at her and I was like, I would lean over in my doorway and be like, <laughs> no, I'd come back. And then I'd just keep going. But it worked because I actually felt very guilty because I was really looking forward to the show. Uh, shit happens. It, we'll, we'll get to it at some point. We I will. I hope so, for much. sure. Yeah. And also, you know, that's, that's great. Getting your degree. Very impressive. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Yeah, man. Just keep taking three classes a semester until you have a doctorate. Yep, that's the plan. <laughs> that's how it works. You know what? You might be onto something there. I've been wanting to do a psychology degree for the longest time, but I'm already ridiculously busy. So I don't know if that's ever going to happen. But you never know. Yeah. So I reckon the next thing for us to do is for you to play us a couple of songs. How do you feel about that? Oh, my God, I'd love to. Wonderful. Oh, yeah. Okay. We can count the stars 
and I'll say they shine for you and I hope and I pray that much is true and I'll never forget about the way that your hair curls and I know that you'll never be my girl and I'll sit on the corner just to watch the puddles form but when they say it rains it fucking pours forget about the way that your hair curls but I know that you'll never be my girl and if it's all the same to you keep sleepwalking around the room until the sun goes down on this apartment and if it's right as rain I know you'll never look at me the same just like you did when you could stand up straight all the same to you keep sleepwalking around the room I guess it's just the same as when you wake and thank you West Virginia I don't think you had it in you look so fucking pretty when I couldn't see and we can count the stars and I'll say they shine for you and I hope and I pray that much is true and I'll never forget about the way that your hair curls but I know that she'll never be my girl When 
I die, hallelujah, by and by, I'll fly away, I'll fly away. One Music is brought to you by Handlebars Bar and Grill. It's a uh, biker bar up in Tequesta, which is right sitting on the top of Jupiter. So if you drive up US 1 through Jupiter, and then um, if you look on your right, about half a mile after you've got out of Jupiter, you see this little yellow building um, and a sign that says Handlebars Bar and Grill. And there's usually bikes outside. Um, it's been there for a really long time, and it's been a biker bar for a really long time too. It used to be called Judy's. And then my father-in-law took it over, and he renamed it Handlebars Bar and Grill. And we do a bike night every second Thursday of the month, and that's a good time. And we always get a band to play that. And that's from 6 to 9. Well, the band plays from 6 to 9 anyway. You can get there whenever you want. And uh, on the fourth Sunday of every month, I run an open jam slash open mic. So if you are beginner to expert, you just want to come hang out with some other musicians, play some music, I will be there. You should come swing by and say hi. And, uh, yeah, it's a cool spot. We've got great food. Um, Burnsy does the food. And um, he's a real character coming to meet Burnsy. And uh, we've got a whole bunch of beers on tap. And, uh, yeah, it's a cool spot. So if you're looking for something a little bit different, if you've never been to a biker bar, come check it out. If you're a biker, um, it's perfect for you. You should definitely come. Um, there's always really neat bikes outside and, uh, like, classic cars and stuff like that. It's an interesting spot. Come check it out. Um, the other sponsor we have this week is Oasis Root, and uh, it's a carver bar in Jupiter. Um, it's on Indian Town Road, and it's a real cool spot. Um, it's run by Jim. Uh, he does a real good job of it. There's, a, there's one type of carver, one type of kratom, uh, but you know you can you can have like it however you want to have it. But his whole thing is like simple but effective. He doesn't have like a million different types of carver or anything like that. Just w- like one good one of each, and. Uh, it's a fun spot, you know, like, uh, it's like a bar except no one's drunk, which is pretty, pretty chill, actually. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and uh, we, you should come hang out there. There's always some people playing guitars in there. It's kind of, uh, it's kind of a good vibe, actually. I go, it's right around the corner from my house, so I, I go in there once in a blue moon. And Jim listens to the podcast, so hi, Jim. And, uh, yeah, if you want to come to Oasis Root and try out his carver, you definitely should. All right, so uh, let's get back to the music. You just played us a couple of songs. They were great. Could you tell us a little bit about them? Tori. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> another song about West Virginia. Um, I wrote that about West Virginia. Um, Why is it called another song about West Virginia? Because there was a period where most of the songs that I was writing were about West Virginia. So I was living in West Virginia for a while, and that's where I did a... Uh, a great deal of my uh, tomfoolery. Okay, so. gotcha. Chicanery, if you will. <laughs> a lot of my chicanery <laughs> was done in West Virginia. A lot of the mischief. Mm-hmm. And the second song is a old gospel song I really like. Yeah. yeah. We love no. gospel in this family. Mm-hmm. No, I get it. Um, when you guys got here, I kind of jokingly said, like, um, did Oh Brother, Where Art Thou Get You Into Country? <laughs> and the reason I said that is because it kind of did me, honestly. Yep. I remember when I watched that movie, I was like, oh, country's good. I didn't realize That man of constant sorrow that they do, though? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, it's sick. Because yeah. I had remembered, like, hearing that song, just like, like, Olden in the Way does it. Like, I was talking about those guys earlier, and, like, 
they have it's like old folky though but like for some reason they like, do a version of Manic Concert Story yeah I didn't know that oh yeah it's like really they we do, do a version of Manic they Concert. do Shady Grove um, they oh, do I know they need that yeah. yeah they do uh, the song Rosalie McFall they do like a lot I'll have to send it to you it's called the Pizza yeah. Tapes it's really really good yeah cool I've listened to I've sort of listened to it I've listened to bits of it I've never listened to the whole thing all the way through though yeah it's very good I like it yeah cool <laughs> All right, yeah. Um, I, I wasn't. I don't know why I wasn't aware of this, and it's a little embarrassing to admit on camera. But I wasn't. I didn't realize Man of Sorrow was like one of those country standards that everyone does. Yeah, that's like it's. And one of the songs actually that we do is called Big Skyota or Skyote, however you pronounce it. Yeah, it's one of those like old songs from the '30s with like several different names. No right. one like, knows who wrote it, it and yeah. everyone sings it different, and the lyrics are always different every time. But it's like pretty much the. Same gist, yeah. Um, for everybody, so yeah, well, I like those old kind of songs that you can yeah, kind sure. of just do it, whatever it's, with. It's funny too that you brought up "Oh Brother, Where Art Thou" because that was one of like the main soundtracks that got me into country. Because when I was like a little kid, my mom had like the the soundtrack to it on CD, and we used to listen to it in her car all the time. And, oh, cool. Uh, yeah, Alison Krauss. Yeah, like, she can sing. Uh, can she? Yeah, yeah. It's unbelievable. Um, yeah, for a bit there, it was it was. Just the most, everyone, it was like coffee table music, wasn't it? Like my mom was listening mm-hmm. to Alison Krauss and stuff like that. And uh, it, it was a good time for music. That whole period of time is is why I ended up doing a band like Kilberleys, for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You, know? you think it's like the oldies, but then when you actually listen to it, you're like, wait, yeah. this is really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. And um, you were saying about Shady Grove, and um, we play that one as well, have done for years. I love that song. Um, like, do you guys play Shady Grove? We've, uh, like, diddled We've around on it before, it, yeah. but yeah. we haven't, like... Cause, we never recorded it or, like, yeah. done much with it. And we but. haven't, like, uh, locked down, like, harmonies on it or anything. Yeah. That's, like, our formula is, like, I'll play a rhythm guitar, she'll claw hammer on the banjo, do a sick little banjo wiggle, and then we'll do some, like, really nice harmonies, and then we're like, here, listen. Yeah, there so you go. So we just that haven't, works. like, uh, we haven't worked on that one in a while, so... Um, maybe. That's another, like, funny cheat code to, like, playing, because we've really been transitioning more into, like, the older country, and, like, I've been doing a lot of, like little like fun covers with like old country songs and like old folk songs is that like you can play them and not a lot of people know them so it's like not like you're doing like corny covers like it's like oh this is like a piece of exactly. history so it's like exactly. great, i don't have ma- to write songs yeah. and it's a piece That's of exactly history right. you get it yeah. and nobody's mad at us for playing wagon wheel yeah, yeah. so it's fine <laughs> exactly yeah exactly no that that's the good thing about it it's kind of like the same with reggae in a way in the Covering songs is expected. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. not like, oh, you're pretending this song is yours, or, and it's not like, oh, they're, you know, playing Two Princes but, by his pinboxes. Okay, by the wait. Yeah. Time. That song rips, though. Yeah, to be honest. It's what, I think it's the first song I ever learned on guitar, which is weird because really? it's all bar chords and quite hard. Yeah. But, but, oh, yeah. Tony would talk to me about that. I was at a Christian camp when I was 11 years old. And, and you mm. just jumped in with bar chords? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. You were like, I'm going to start playing Spin Doctors. <laughs> I. That's my muse right now. <laughs> it was that and knocking on heaven's door. I came home oh, from that. One. I came home for that with an acoustic guitar, knowing how to play "Knocking on Heaven's Door" and Two Princes. Nice, <laughs> that <was> fun. <laughs> yeah, totally. that's a good little anecdote. Yeah, okay. absolutely. <laughs> the beginning of Ben's musical career. <laughs> what was the first song you learned? Um, the first song I learned. So when I was in eleventh grade or tenth grade, my parents got me an acoustic guitar. And I was like, cool, sick, going to be a rock star. Uh, I tried to learn uh, Only Exception by Paramore. And I said, said, this is so hard. And I got fucking pissed. And then I sold my guitar. 
um, for naughty things mm-hmm. and um, for the big bad powdered stuff. And then I didn't play guitar until Eddie said, here's a guitar, play it right. upside down now, friend. And I said, <laughs> cool. And that was like literally 10 years later. So, yeah, it's about, I don't know what the first song I played on, like after the Paramore thing, after the Paramore incident. Mm. I have a good Paramore anecdote as well. Really? Yeah. Um, when I was in Sonic Boom 6, we used to always play this festival called Slam Dunk Festival in Leeds in England. And um, one year, this band called Paramore comes. They were on before us. We heard that they were, got signed to a major. They were kind of starting to blow up, but not Paramore yet. Yeah. And, um, and uh, we were like, oh, you know, we're on home turf. Let's make sure we like, wipe the floor with them. Duly did, felt very proud of ourselves. And then, like six months later, they were like Radio Rock and yeah. Millionaires, and it was like, oh, okay. God damn it, Haley! <laughs> yeah, I mean, she can sing. Yeah, they're very good. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um. I got no beef with them at all. It's funny though because Layla at the time had bright red hair as well, the, the singer of our brand. So mm-hmm. it was kind of like the battle of the two red-haired Ooh. girl bands. Oh, what are you gonna do? <laughs> battle of the cute redheads. Yeah, <laughs> the petite little female-fronted bands. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, good times. Uh, um, no, getting back to the thing you were just saying about, um, you know, playing country songs and people not sort of seeing it as like a cop-out. It isn't. I think it's great. And being in that kind of grand tradition of, of you know, remembering the songs, mm-hmm. like, almost like an oral tradition. It's not quite, but it kind of feels yeah, like it's that. Yeah, like, it's like history. Well, yeah. that's what you know, folk it's like music keeping, is. It's yeah. a story that gets passed on through generation and generation. Yeah, yeah, it's keeping it alive and it's making my grandparents happy. Hell yeah. You know? yeah. yeah, absolutely. And that's, <laughs> yeah. you know, that that's sort of how... That's how I can kind of hold on to, you know, the, a modicum of sort of like self-respect when I'm playing all these three and four hour pub gigs, you know, mm-hmm. it's like, yeah. but, you know, but no, you know, we're a folk band, we're, you know, religious. You know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there's folklore, there's folk <laughs> yeah. music, it's all, all that stuff that stems from folk is supposed to be passed on mm-hmm. through yeah. generation and interpreted how it is. Yeah. And it just keeps going. That's why we play songs that literally probably got written in, like, Maybe even, in, even in the 18th century, yeah. like yeah. that stuff passes on, and we don't know who wrote it originally. Yep. but we're all still out here playing it. And Shady Grove, I don't know if you know this. You might do, you might not. But it, the the song before it is called Matty Groves. Do you, do you hear about Mm-mm. this? Mm-mm. So the original song was a, is a really old song, maybe 15th, 16th century, and um, it's about um, it's about a guy called Matty Groves who um, has sex with the like the lord of the manor's wife nice. and then they have a duel and he dies and that's the, the song hmm. and it's got a million verses it's really um it's a really good song and it's exactly the same melody and chords as shady grove so it absolutely must be the same song because it kind of sounds the same so through yeah. chinese whispers exactly. when it went over to appalachia it just turned yeah. into shady grove so it's you game of telephone it. yeah exactly what Killbillies does is we sweep what well, we used to do we haven't done it for a long time but we used to start with Matty Groves. I'd do like the first four verses and then we'd kind of like switch into kind of a faster tempo and play it. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, yeah man. Should check that out. It's a cool tune. We'll listen to it yeah. on the way home. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> we got to ride back to Lakeworth. Yeah, man. Mm-hmm. I, I, I want to hear you guys' medley of Matty Groves and Shady Groves. That'd be pretty dope. Sorry, we have yeah, a homework we'll assignment. Yeah, we'll work on it. <laughs> we'll get it together for you. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> we got you. We got a writing prompt. We're good to yeah. go. So do you guys have any gigs coming up? Other than the one that Tori has to go I to school? I canceled our only gig <laughs> yeah. that we had scheduled. All right, so um, we're, we're going to 
remedy that because uh, you know through talking to you guys and uh, hearing you play it makes me really want to do a gig with you so we're gonna yeah, yeah that'd yeah, be man. fun wait so you're saying that we weren't too weird and we did make a good first impression um I'm extremely weird, so you're fine. Yeah. <laughs> cool, cool, cool. All right. Love that. Love that, because we came in hot today. Yeah. <laughs> we started beatboxing. We were burping. Yeah, it was a lot. Yeah. It was a whole thing. No, it was a lot of fun. I really appreciate you guys coming on. Thanks. Um, I'm just going to... What we do at the end of this thing, right, is um, we do the shameless plugs. You, um, have you got anything else you would want you would want to plug? Uh, probably just our socials and, like... That's it. Like, we don't really have any shows coming up right now, so... I'm low-key working on becoming TikTok famous, and Tori doesn't respect it whatsoever. Yeah, I <laughs> and I don't, And I don't give her access to it. I don't let her know what I post. No, I, according to a lot of people, you know, in five years... It's the new social media d- yeah. to do anything, and she refuses to make a band one, so I'm out here making little silly jokes that I don't let any of my in-real-life friends see. Right. So... I don't know why I'm even saying that because I'm not trying to plug my TikTok. <laughs> I don't want anyone that knows me to know about it. That might be a really good way of, of, of making it work out for you, actually. Okay, so no shameless, one's allowed to watch it. Everyone's so if I can it. do a shameless plug, if yeah. I could shamelessly ask anyone who's listening to this to follow us on Instagram, we're driving on suspended. Are we driving on suspended band? Are no, we- that's our email. Yes. You can email us at driving on suspended band. If you band. ever get lonely late at night, you can shoot a quick email to driving on suspended band at gmail.com or you can follow us on Instagram at driving on suspended. And if you if you shoot a lonely message in the middle of the night to the Instagram, you will be talking to Tori because she runs that. Okay. If you shoot it to our Facebook, you'll be talking to me and because um, <laughs> I run that. If you shoot it to the email, it's whoever gets to it first. Yeah, that's fair game. That's a gamble. That's fair game, my baby. Um, <laughs> what else? Um, if you are somebody that is struggling with a substance use disorder. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, um, yeah for real. Or any other type of maybe emotional stuff, uh, and you need you don't have money, and you need someone to call, you want somewhere to come hang out, you can uh, call Rebel Recovery. Um, look us up online. Give us a call. Come by the office and hang out. We have Mortal Kombat. You we can- also have a large uh, collection of Narcan and fentanyl testing strips. Yeah, so we can set y'all up with that if you're interested. Yeah, right on. That's basically all we really care about is just music and goofing around and, and people, helping people. Helping people with substance use <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, man. Well, that's, you know, all very righteous and worthy causes. I'm, I'm right there with you. Um, so it's, it seems a little bit trite to, to plug my gigs after talking about that, but I'm going to anyway. So uh, on Friday... <laughs> we <laughs> on, fr- on Friday we're playing at um, Kilbillies is playing at Brick and Barrel from uh, from Brick and Barrel is uh, like a gastro pub in Abaco and it's a really cool spot and uh, Abaco is part of Jupiter in case you didn't know and uh, yeah we're playing there from nine to midnight on Friday then on Saturday I'm playing at Bark Republic which is like a a dog place in West Palm if you want to bring your <laughs> If you, if you want to bring your dog to a bar and watch your dog play while you have a beer, this is where you do it. Let's bring Louie to the bar. That sounds adorable. <laughs> Wait, you're going to... Yeah, let's let him finish. Okay. You can finish. <laughs> Sorry. Well, yeah, I'm there from 3 to 6 p.m. That's a, uh, a solo gig. And then... Um, hang, hang on a second. Am I even in the right month here? Yeah, we're in the ninth. Yeah, okay, good. Um, yeah, so 3 to 6 at Bark Republic um, as a solo gig. And then we're playing from... 6.30 to 10.30 at King Crab Shack on Okeechobee Boulevard. Damn. So this is a hustle on, Friday, on, on Saturday the 12th. And 
And then Sunday the 13th, we do not have a gig. So that's what Killbillies is doing this weekend. Come and see us play. And uh, thanks so much for coming on, guys. You were Thank cool. you for having us. Yeah, it was really nice to meet you. Wow, that sounded so robotic. I know, we were so <laughs> I hated that. But thank you for having us. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> see you later. Bye. <laughs> cool. <laughs>